This is the Global Broadcasting Service, serving remote outposts since 1928. Hi, everyone. Welcome aboard the Walt Disney World Express monorail. Caramba, we have something really big for you today. Welcome, foolish mortals. Now then, hang on to them hats and glasses, because this here's the wildest ride in the wilderness. This is the DBC Pod with Phil Schoen and Jason Dodge. Hey everybody, welcome to the Six Pod. This is the week of review of December 5th, 2021. And for those that are watching, um, the middle pane of our guest, we have Ryan Teets on, friend of the show. He hasn't been on in a while. That's our fault, Phil. Um, he's not witness protection, even though he's <laughs> pixelated right now. We're having some technical difficulties. But for a those lot of listening, his voice as well. So his- maybe after. <laughs> Maybe by the end of the episode, he'll want to be. <laughs> well, his, his voice sounds good. I mean, that's up and running. Um, Ryan has been doing a fantastic job uh, with the Crescent Lake Club and his blog and his tweets, if you haven't followed along. That's our DBC Recommends file for filling in. We're yep. a little bit of spoiler for the last two seconds of our show. We'll talk about <laughs> it later. Um, we've, got, we've, got, we've got like a comeback show, right? Uh, I don't have the DCI. The DCI hasn't changed. Um, I want to shout out to Matt Petto who had just had his was it episode number three come out today? Yes, mm-hmm. um, came out on Friday. Gave, yep, he gave us an, an amazingly nice shout out to you know his origin story and everything else like that, like a true superhero that he is. Um, and I suggest everybody go listen to that. We're gonna keep pr- um, promoting it on this show every single week. It deserves yep. a listen. I, I finally got to listen to episode two on my flights this week and. My feedback was excellent show, awesome trip report. He did an excellent job maneuvering through that story. It was just um, two hours long, so <laughs> I had to split it up into two listenings. Um, those that are moaning and groaning right now, I don't think there's many of you that are moaning and groaning because you're, if you're watching this show or listening to the show, you're, you you are used to me going on and on, which I'm doing right now. <laughs> I truly admit that. Um, the new show this week, where he goes with the DCI, goes like kind of into the nitty gritty of it, which is which is awesome. It's only an hour long. I'm going to say only, but it's a perfect duration. I suggest everybody go out there and listen to it. It's awesome. Um, all right, Phil. So we're, we're, we're kind of going back to our roots. We kind of talked about this last week, right? We, we, we went over the, uh, the moaning and groaning about Disney. We're going to continue the moaning and groaning. Uh, but we're, we're not going to be so much predicated on this is the news. This is some topics. We're, 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 trying, we're not going to be who we're not, right? We're just, we're just mm-hmm. guys that like to talk about Disney all day, every day, Discord or otherwise. And uh, we're going to hop into it. I know you've got three three items of, that are wor- worthy of conversation, Phil. Yeah, and I think three items that tie into our topic of the day mm-hmm. quite well. As it, I think it kind of kicked off a lot of the banter um, yes. on our Discord server, but just generally among Disney social media as well. Uh, one item which I, I should have put in there, but um, – just real quick, uh, today is also the 120th anniversary of Walt Disney's birth. So, uh, I, you know, I oh, should right. ag- this is birthday today. Yeah, today's his birthday. Uh, so we should acknowledge that because without him, there wouldn't be a podcast and we probably wouldn't know each other. And <laughs> That's right. That sort of thing. So, uh, so shout out to Walt for that. Thank you, Walt. <laughs> um, but the first news item uh, is that it's actually a rumor 
that, you know, we've talked about in the past that they announced at Destination D23, the Festival of Fantasy Parade would be coming back in 2022. However, there's a rumor coming out, Matt Pato actually, uh, just as you just mentioned, was one of the people that was reporting on it, um, but it's kind of getting around everywhere, that the Maleficent Dragon Float will not be part of the Festival of Fantasy Parade when it comes back. Mm. And also that most, I see the term most dancers from the parade, I'm not sure you know, what percentage that means, but uh, significantly cut back the number of dancers. You know, we saw that with the Christmas parade during the after hours event that they cut back a lot of the performers, you know, especially in between the floats. Um, But this is kind of, you know, this, this, this hit a lot of people hard because it felt like the Maleficent dragon was sort of like the cornerstone of that parade for lack of a better word. So it's like, thought it is, you know, I mean, it's kind of like the most impressive part of it. And it's kind of like Mm -hmm. what got, kind of the most attention when it came out and now you're pulling especially it from it. when it sets itself on fire going down main street that's <laughs> what i pay for yeah um and then you know the rumor is that they're going to keep the the float around but keep it unique to after hours events so like they had a boobash and and whatever so you're going to have to pay extra if you want to see the maleficent dragon ryan the maleficent dragon is behind a paywall what do you think dude well this kind of uh set me off when i first uh heard or saw the news um and like you mentioned it's kind of like makes this whole parade what it is it's it's not i mean without you you take it you're taking away a huge chunk of the festival of fantasy parade if you don't have this included in there um Mm -hmm. so hopefully i mean i'd obviously like it not to be true but with multiple sources you know saying it's true i i tend to believe it i mean (laughs) Or we should just be thankful that a parade is coming back and be like, oh, yay, parade churros and trams. Oh, my. I mean, like, <laughs> great. Well, I, th- I think that's what, what Disney's feeling is, is that we've been wanting a parade for so long that we'll take anything we can get. And uh, I guess to some extent that's true. But at what point are they going to stop giving us 80% of what they can, right? I mean, I think that's kind of the big the big topic du jour that we're going to get into is that it feels like we're not getting Disney's best. Well, and another thing, part of that rumor is Merida, because she'll be part of the new cavalcade or whatever. She wouldn't also be part of the parade. So her float could be out of Festival of Fantasy. So that's two floats, not just one out of Festival of Fantasy. And I think maybe I'd be more, accepting to a degree if you know it was just merida's float because it's not that to me isn't as it's not marquee a, right yeah it's not it's not pulling me into that parade like the maleficent unit is because you know the maleficent unit has the whole you know fire breathing element it's it's a big it's basically you know what people go to stop to see that parade for and i think I guess we'll see. Maybe in the end they will replace it with something. I think I would feel much better if they, they were won't. replacing it. You know, say, look, we know this is cool. We like how it looks at night. We want to keep it for night. And when instead we're replacing it with something else. You know, like they said for Fantasmic, they're getting rid of a scene, supposedly Pocahontas. And yes, maybe the new scene is more cost effective mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But at least they're giving something new that might be more, you know, current. And at least some people might like it better. At least it's an alternative just to cut with nothing to replace it is again, it feels like we're getting, we're still getting Disney light. Uh, I mean, this, this is just a theme of this show, right? I want to preface this. We we're still spending money on Disney, right? We're not <laughs> hating Disney, right? We're, we're not braided on Twitter saying like, don't spend money on Twitter anymore. <laughs> um, 
That's a whole other topic that I don't think is worth discussion. <laughs> no, but I think we, but, we were talking about this a lot, and this might be jumping ahead a little bit, but I think it's not that I'm like mad or angry or yelling mm-hmm. and saying Disney sucks. I had a blast when I was there. I think it's almost more like I'm disappointed or sad and because I know they can do better and they used to pride themselves on being better than everybody else. And now they're kind of lagging behind or just saying, look, we, we can do 80% because we know people still pay for it. So it's, it's more like a family member fails at something, right? Yeah. Like, you know, one of my kids like does not get a good grade on a test or you find out that your parents did something wrong or your sibling, whatever, right? It's just like, we're all still family and I will forgive you eventually, but this is messed up and uh, you need to fix it. Do still get together harder. for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> if it doesn't cost me $250 just to see it. So, but that being said, Phil, part number two of your notes yeah. here is this is this is see, this is the one. I I have to laugh because the internet is a funny place, right? So the news is that trams are back, right? Yep. And no other world are you going to say trams are back and everybody gets excited. That's how stupid us Disney fans are, <laughs> right? We're getting excited because something that pulls carts from your car to the TTC is back. That most of us don't use anyway, right? Yeah, well, <laughs> yes. Like I would have used it for the first time. In my September trip. And by any chance we drive to the parks when I go in February, my dad will use. But they made a marketing video out of it. They are following a guy, like close-up shot. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, you have to go on Twitter. Or the, Is it, Ryan, is it on the Parks blog? Yeah, Disney Parks Twitter. Just, had it yeah, I can tweet it. Just on too, Twitter or is it yeah. on a blog? No, they didn't make a post, just on Twitter. Okay, just, just, a, just a tweet. But it's like the guy, he's like shining it off. It's like it's like well-produced. He, he brought out like a 4K camera for this thing. This is not like shot from somebody's cell phone, right? And it's produced, it's directed, and, uh, and it's edited. It's a lovely video. And it makes you smile. It's like the old Disney magic. They're getting ready to come back. But this would this belonged like eight months ago, right? When we're coming out of the alpha wave or whatever you want to call it now. I mean, like the parks were opening up. Everybody's looking optimistic and like, you know, they're just that this is when the DCI started just like popping yeah. off. Right. This is the time to bring back because you're outside. The guy's just driving a thing from your park car to the TTC. This is not like customer meet and greets or excuse me, character meet and greets or anything else like that. It's like every other park has these. Like, people were riding subways and trains already. Why can't yeah. Disney hire, I don't know, how many trams are running at, at any given time at the Magic Kingdom, let's say? Like, three? Four? Yeah, yeah, it can't be much more than three or four. Well, they said, right? at, they actually had a post or a, a, a slide at Destination D23 when they were talking about all the forms of transportation. It said they have 30 trams across the property. Okay. So I don't know if that how many are running at any one time or whatever, but at maximum would be thirty, and I think that even includes you know maybe if there's any at the water parks or anything. So it's just it can't be that many at any one time, right? Well, what's thirty employees at this point? I yeah. mean, that's just nickel and diming. If I'm if I'm paying X amount of hundreds of dollars more for parties, ticket prices are going up, hotel prices are up because there's no discounts, right? Most people are staying at hotels on a discounted rate at some at, in some fashion, whether it's discount on hotel or tickets or food or whatever. Most people are staying at discounted rates for something, and you can't hire some people to run the trams back and forth. 
I mean, if Chick-fil-A can hire extra people to take your order five cars deep from the uh, the drive through <laughs> Disney can hire a dude to drive a tram or a lady to drive a tram back and forth all day long. It ain't difficult. I mean, it's two shifts. I get it. So 30 trams, 60 people, and the maintenance crews for it. Disney's making some good money. I mean, I think they can afford it. I mean, we're not talking about, like, this is like six fl- a regional Six Flags park that's barely keeping, I mean. And that was part of my part point too is it's not like none of no places have trams regular like hershey park has their has had their trams back like you know these regional parks have mm-hmm. not had a problem having trams but disney can't but okay let's give them they are bringing them back no no but, i don't want to give them credit they don't get credit but that's not it it's magic kingdom will have theirs by the end of the year yeah. and the rest oh. will be coming throughout 2022 if so maybe Josh tomorrow is not driving this damn tram from like for me when I get there, because what is he doing? I mean, all he does is raise the prices, right? So he can get on the tram and drive it for a couple hours. He can get to know some guests. No one's going to so boo him yet. We're not there. So maybe, maybe this is the uh, the big thing Epcot will get for its 40th birthday. Is oh, get, the trams are back. The trams back. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Okay, so we, we, we originally started the show to start the topic, bring it back full circle in four, a couple minutes in. Um, we're, we're t- we want to talk about what the people are talking about, what we are talking about. Like the, the you know, we're having a discussion. So there was a kerfuffle. I don't know why I like using that word, but I'm going to use it anyway. On Discord, or this week, where somebody was happy, and then somebody got upset that people are being cynical and can't be happy about Disney and all this other stuff. There, there's a sentiment out there, and you could be absolutely happy that the trains are coming back and accept it as things are getting back to because because honestly. With all the crap that we've all been going through for the last year and a half, anything, even now, 18, what is it, 19 months back into whatever it is at this point, any good news is always good news, especially yeah. with current events and yeah, at least it's not going whatever. Backwards. The state <laughs> of the world, the country, etc. anything that's good news is great news, right? Even yeah. if it's a little tiny bit. And Disney did a very good job with putting that video together. And, and I would have to say 95% of the people actually seeing that tweet has no idea that Phil was shouting out, what about the trams at D23 to the crowd? Because <laughs> that was obviously you, Phil. I know obviously. it was. <laughs> obviously. But my, my point is, we're, no one's being angry at Disney. I mean, like, people are just like, it's, I, I have to say, like, they put out the video because they thought they were being, somebody on the social media team thought they were being too meta with, like, making a big deal about the trams, right? Any other year, there's a trans. There wouldn't even be an announcement. They just would have started up again, and somebody yeah. on Blog Mickey or WDWNT would have been like, "Oh, the trams are back up today, yay!" And then that was it. That would have been a tweet. It was done. But they had to bring I attention think, to it. Like, I think that's part thinking? of the uh, the angle that got kind of got people upset this week too. At least speaking for myself, was that it feels like Disney is patting themselves on the back for doing the bare minimum. Yes, you know, it kind of goes back to Destination D twenty three when Josh. Tomorrow was shouting out the churros are back. It's like okay, like great. I, I, I'm going to disagree <laughs> with. I'm going to disagree with this. And Ryan, okay. tell me if you disagree. So I don't think they're patting themselves on the back, right? I think they're being cute by saying, "Oh, people are calling for trams, so we're going to make a tram video and put it on Twitter because it's going to be funny." And they completely, completely disregard the Uber fan that we all are on what our reactions like. The video is for the Uber fan because no one knows the trams are not running, right, Ryan? Like, I mean, like, does it just like you're not reading the room with the message? Yeah, I, yeah. I think the general the general guests that's you know never been or you know maybe once every ten years they're not they're not they don't care about this because first of all they're probably not even using the trams they're probably yeah. taking buses from their Disney hotel that they're staying at so this really is 
you know, the Uber fan that's going to notice this. We'll be back after a quick break. Hey, parents. Yeah, you. Are you looking for a podcast your kids will really love? Well, we made one just for you. And for us. As genuine, all-natural kids ourselves, we know what makes a fun and interesting podcast. So we decided to make it ourselves. Every show is packed with interviews, stories, and on-the-ground reporting. We have interviewed everyone from scientists to Grammy Award-winning musicians to NFL quarterbacks. Listen to Wild Interest wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I mean, like, my point is, like, they're, they're trying to be meta on the internet. They're trying to be like Wendy's Twitter. That's usually really good at social media. <laughs> and Disney is not good at social media. Let's, let's be honest. Um, and I'm going to touch up on this later on in, in some of our topics. We're going to kind of dive into it. Um, Phil, I, w- I want you to knock out the last news item before we get so to just, the meat of things. Yeah. And, I, and what I think is a positive, um, it could be a negative because it's not going far enough. Um, but there was a potential for the uh, number of the unionized cast members to be striking at Disneyland out in California. However, they did come to an agreement with the Teamsters Union and SEIU, a new three-year contract that basically advances um, some of the promised pay raises. So uh, retroactively provide a dollar an hour raise back to June 16th. Another dollar will take in effect November 17th and another dollar next or June 2023. There's some bonuses and stuff like that. So uh, I think it's good, A, that the cast members are not on strike because I don't know what would have happened at Disneyland if the cast members went on strike. Um, you know, now well, cast I, me- I could, I could tell you right now the the what, what is the top line annual passes over there? The um, What's the or key called? Sorcerer is that one? Or? Uh, no, Sorcerer is, Dis- is Walt Disney World. Um, it doesn't oh, make a difference. Key. Whatever the whoever, key is, yeah. yeah. Whatever the keys are not selling anymore that they spent all this money and they can't get past. They wouldn't have noticed anyway because <laughs> they can't get into the park. That was my joke. <laughs> I'm sorry. I went um, a little bit too far on that one. But at least now the minimum pays up to, I think, $17.50. So I think that's good. Seems Obviously, that's still probably low what it should be. It's still probably tough to live out in California on seventeen fifty an hour. But especially out in know, LA. I think it could have they, this is something that could have, I think, gotten even uglier. Right. If they let them go on strike and they wouldn't give them any extra money and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. let's end on a positive note. <laughs> There's not a strike. They're getting a little bit more money. And hopefully they you know, that just continues and they continue to get cast members raises because another positive comment. Um, every time I've gone to the Walt Disney World this year, no matter what else negative was going on, the cast members have been great. So they've I always been they, good. Absolutely. So, um, so they're, they're, they're still bringing it, and they deserve more than they get. So I'll end it at that. Where can they find us on social media? <laughs> you can find us on Twitter, at PodDBC, Instagram, the DBC Podcast, Facebook, DBC Pod, the YouTube channel, and our Discord server. So before we get on to the two hot topics that we're going to continue, basically continue with this conversation, I do want to have some light brevity on this, and we're going to talk about our attractionality this week. And this week it was the Rock and Roller Coaster, starring Aerosmith. Even though they're 100 years old now. Uh, Live life in the fast lane. Inside the Hollywood Music Studio, legendary rock band Aerosmith is wrapping up a recording session. When their manager tells them that they're late for a concert across town, the band invites you to ride along. Hop into the gleaming limousine and speed off into the night as Aerosmith's hard rock harmonies fill the air. Buckle up before zooming through the city on this roller coaster style attraction. I, you know what? I went on this for the first time back in September. I've never been able to do it with the children. And I was very happy to do so. Has everybody? I know Phil, you've been on it. Ryan, mm-hmm. I'm assuming oh, yeah. you've been on this. Yep. Um, 
So we're going to go through, everybody knows the rules of attractionality. I'm going to put this up on the screen right now. Um, question number one, how much, Ryan, do you like the concept of this attraction, which is a launch roller coaster and the dark theme to Aerosmith music? Were you born the last time Aerosmith had a um, hit record? Album, um, excuse mean, me. I couldn't tell you when their last hit was, but I do know Aerosmith. No. I, I do enjoy uh, <laughs> Aerosmith music. Um, I believe I gave this a five on uh, when I did this on the Discord. I, uh, I I do enjoy this concept. I think that it works out well, or at least in theory, works out well. So you like Phil? Do you like the the concept? To me, is like it's it's Aerosmith, right? That's the whole concept. Do you like the concept of like a rock band esque roller coaster? Yeah. So I also gave this a five. I will say in my mind, I was thinking a little bit more broadly and just saying more of a rock music themed roller coaster, whether it's Aerosmith Mm -hmm. or somebody else. Um, But you know, kind of that the idea of an indoor coaster, you know, with music playing and kind of. You know the the neon signs and stuff like that. I, I I really like that concept for a ride. I don't like the. I I give this a two. I do not like this concept for Disney Hollywood Studios in the current Disney Hollywood Studios. Okay, well that's question four. I gave a much lower right. <laughs> score. Right. Well, I mean like four. I mean like how do you like this concept? I mean like I like the roller coaster. I like the roller coaster in the dark. I like the speed. I like all the design elements about it. I do not like the concept of it being a rock band type of thing. Like, you know, rock and roll is fine. Put it in another type of ride. But, like, the pre-show and everything else does not get you amped to be on this ride. It's just kind of lame to me. That's why I don't like the concept. The thing I I would mention is I think in the original version of Hollywood Studios, or, you know, when this opened in the 90s, Mm -hmm. that this, you know, fit better than it does now, which – I think we'll get into a little bit, but, yep. um, you know, I think at the time the concept was a lot better than, you know, it is maybe now. All right. So Ryan, what question number two, who is, the, first of all, define for me, who do you think the target audience is for this, right? Uh, well, I think at this point it's, you know, an older, um, target audience given that Aerosmith would trend that way. Now, I don't think, I don't think my generation or younger is really, well, let me let me let me let me pause then. So, do you think Disney's marketing is this person who just likes roller coasters right now, or is people are they the catering it to people who like Aerosmith? Do you think? I think now they're more so targeting it towards last five years like roller coasters. Yeah, yeah. sure. I, I I agree. So what did what did you what did you give this ride? It delivers. I gave a three on this one because Ooh. I don't think it delivers currently how it once did. Well, I think you need to elaborate on that. What, what do you mean by it does not deliver? Like, what, what, what do you, what do you expect them to deliver? Like a rock and roll, like fantasy? Is that what you're thinking? Uh, no, I just think it's more just the theme. I think the theme doesn't deliver to today's, you know, audience more as it did, you know, maybe 15, 20 years ago. I think looking at it from today's point of view, I don't think your your teenage or your young adult, you know, geared is that's who's targeted for a roller coaster maybe you know obviously it's still a thrill but it's not you know the theme part of it's it half a ride it's not part you know it's not the theme isn't really relevant to, to them yeah, yeah do you agree with that phil so i actually gave it a higher score i gave it a five i'm probably a, five a bit too. jaded um because my youngest loves this ride this is like her favorite ride she's 70 years old she has no idea who aerosmith is 
but she absolutely loves this ride. And so I think, I think it delivers as a thrill ride for Disney park fans. You know, this isn't like a major coaster park or something like that, but it provides those thrills for people that want a little bit, you know, during their, their Disney trip. And it has that unique element of being inside. It has, whether you know who Aerosmith is really or not, but you know, they got like a real rock band to film it. And so like, I don't know, I think it, for what it is, it delivers quite well, whether it's perfect for where it is and that sort of thing. I, I, that's a different question, but for what it is, I think it delivers well to its targets. I give this a five, too, because I think it delivers. I mean, it's a rock and roll roller coaster. It's, it's probably one of the better coasters on property before Tron and Guardians opens up. Um, and, and you can, I could probably be convinced either way, whether Expedition or this one is the best coaster just from a feel and experience type of thing. So question number three is how much do you personally enjoy the ro- rock and roller coaster starring Aerosmith? Ryan, just quickly, one through five. I gave it this a five. Yeah, same here. Phil? So I actually only gave this a three. Ooh. Um, just because I, I think it's a good coaster. I don't okay. think it's the best coaster ever You know, for this t- type of coaster. I am getting older, so I can't do it as many times in a row as I used to be able to. Um, and I also I think part of it is just I just think it needs to be rethemed. So I think it's, again, it kind of falls into those. It's good, but I think it could be better. So the okay so let me break this out because i gave this a five because i kind of i kind of vote on i to me when i score this i score this on mechanics like i have a fun time going through the ride right it's thrilling it's fun it's i could i basically ignore everything i see in the pre-show once i get on that the ride vehicle and it just goes off it's fun so are you saying that you're cutting in half the score potentially because of the theme the story behind it as you get yeah i mean i think i want I mean, I think that's why it's a three, not a one, right? Like, I, I, I enjoy it. It's fun, but I think it could be better. There's other rides that I enjoy much more. Fair enough. Um, how well do you think, Phil? Phil, we'll go right back to you. How, <laughs> how well do you think Rock Road Coaster fits into Sunset Boulevard so, in Hollywood? So, I must Studios? admit, I don't really know. I didn't really know the full story and how they tie it in there. And it fits into the, the age, you know, like Ryan was talking about when, you know, the mm-hmm. park was first open. I They don't really explain that story. So, unless you do some research, you don't know it. I gave it a one. I don't think it fits there at all. It has, no, you know, that area doesn't really have anything to do with rock and roll. I view that area more as the golden age of Hollywood, especially when like the the citizens of Hollywood are out and stuff like that. It's your first one vote. Uh, it might be. I don't know. I think but, it like, is. I'm I just don't think. I just don't think it fits at all. Now, I mean, you could argue, well, since nothing really fits in Hollywood Studios, anything fits in Hollywood Studios. Yes. Um, but I think specifically Sunset Boulevard, when you have like that, you know, the, the whole classic storyline with Tower of Terror and the citizens of Hollywood and all the, the shops and stuff, it just it just doesn't fit to me. What do you think, Ryan? I gave us a four. Um, I do think it fits decently well. I'm not. I mean, obviously, they. I think they can do better. I do get what Phil's saying, but then also I also have the point of where kind of anything fits in Hollywood Studios these days. It's not. Yeah. And then right behind Rock and Roller Coaster, you have Lightning McQueen, which really doesn't fit. If, if Rock no. and Roller Coaster fit, doesn't fit, then Lightning McQueen doesn't fit. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess I, I, you know, I think Rock and Roller Coaster certainly fits more than Lightning McQueen does. Yeah. Yeah. I gave this a four, right? I, I, I generally agree with both of your sentiments, right? But what that section of the park originally was trying to do, just like old school Hollywood and certain parts of the city where there was like, you know, rock and roll came from in some of those parts on the West Coast. It definitely fits. 
Um, does it does it really belong there in the park altogether? Probably not. It, I mean, it's a movie park right now, right? It's not all any of this other stuff. So, um, for what they were trying to do, I'm, I'm kind of all over this. All over this. I mean, like, if you ask me in a different kind of context of this question, does yeah. it fit what, where it's going? Because fair, fair enough. Um, questions one or two, I took away points for what it was doing in the, in the future <laughs> of this ride. So I'm a little bit over the place. So I gave it a four originally for my original interpretation of it, but you could probably convince me to give this a one too because it doesn't fit the direction of where Hollywood Studios is going. So I, I, yeah. I kind of agree with that. All right, so I want to move up. So um, our, our, the, the follow-up question, as we often have to Attraction Alley, Ryan, is you are now in charge of the parks. You have to retheme this ride. What do you do? Do you retheme it to something completely different? Do you stay with the music element of things? Or what are you doing with this? You can, do, you can go a lot of different ways. Yeah, that's that's an interesting question. I think a lot of people just think of it as just you know, putting in a new musical artist. I think that kind of gets dated pretty quickly, as we've seen with Aerosmith. Yep. So the... I, I think you, you go with it as something completely different. Um, now it's just whether, you know, what kind of IP do you go with? Because Disney's not going to not go with an IP. So if you have, you kind of have that Pixar direction in that corner already. I would say I'm going to go with more like probably Incredibles or maybe Monsters, Inc. Something just feeding off that Pixar element that's already kind of in that back corner. And then maybe you can tie it in if you keep expending expanding back that way in the future with more uh pixar kind of close that off sunset boulevard sort of ends with tower of terror and then going that way would be a different area what do you think phil because i disagree with this okay so my my thought for retheming the whole area is actually pretty similar to ryan's i think you could even like merge it from the other side into the animation courtyard and that sort of thing and kind of make it a whole animation Valid. Pixar yep. theme okay um so that was kind of my idea too if it was more of a, re a larger retheme i think if you just keep the ride and you know just change it from aerosmith to something else the thing i think that would w fit well and would be more timeless would be to change it to powerline from a goofy movie um obviously you get disney ip in there it's not you know just like a random rock rock you know group that could could go stale um and you can keep the bait you know the same plot of trying to get max to the the show at the end, you know, except, you know, you're doing it on the ride format versus the, the movie format. So I think that would be a fairly easy transition. And obviously fans of that movie would love it. And then even I think, you know, kids would love seeing Goofy and stuff like that. So I think that would be an easy change to do. Um, but if it was a larger retheme, I, th I think something Pixar related mm. makes the most sense. Well, here, here's my thing. I, I wouldn't do it Pixar or animation. I would make it a haunted roller coaster and retheme the whole area theming it up with um, Tower of Terror and do kind of like a kind of a scary, spooky area. Whether that you continue the the re-theming of um, uh, Twilight Zone type of stuff or just kind of like spooky haunted stuff, I think that would be awesome. And that would counteract some of the what the stuff Universal's doing with the, you know their Halloween offerings and stuff like that. I think that might be interesting to do it that way. Um they now what your ideas of like going going on the other side with the Pixar area, like putting animation courtyard. I can't, I wasn't really thinking about like kind of squaring that away and just like flipping it to the other side. But I think animation courtyard definitely needs to be changed. And, um, 
that might be a good way to kind of do it too. So now, now you've got me thinking. I don't know what to think about this one. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I want. I want to. I don't know if this is bad programming, but we're going to go back onto. Phil labeled this our venting session, <laughs> and I'm I'm totally with that because we've been venting already. Well, I also and kind of is, wanted to give him like a time limit so we don't just go for like two hours. So I was kind of like, let's just well, yeah. take 10 minutes to vent and then let's try to flip it around to be more positive. But I All right. Well, we'll see how we go. why don't you open up the questioning, Phil? And what did you mean by that? Yeah. So I meant recently, obviously, we were touching on there's been a, that negative vibe that exists in the Disney fan space. It's only built up with the news about the trams and the big deal. And then they're not even coming all at once. It's, you know, the churros are back. The like the idea that they can feeling like Disney can get away with being 80 percent of what they can do and people still pay the money and come. And they're at a point they should have been six months ago. Um, And and like I said, I get the feeling it feels like they think that we should be cheering them for all these things and be so excited when other places are way further ahead. And this doesn't even get into they delayed how long Remy took to open up and like, why is Tron and guardians taking so long and all that stuff. So there's just that, that vibe of why is it, why, why is this acceptable for Disney when Disney used to be the gold standard, they held themselves to a higher standard. You paid more, but you got more for it. And I don't know. I mean, for myself, it almost goes back to when they started charging to park at the resorts and use the label of industry standard with that. Sure. Um, and it's just kind of been building from that. And I guess I got negative this, this week. I know I did. Um, well, you're not so, decorating for Christmas. I know. Well, <laughs> come on. <laughs> I, I know. I'm just like a, a Scrooge this year, I guess. You I are know. a Scrooge. Now, Ryan, like you, you monitor social media. You've been doing this longer than we have. Um, your claim to fame has been, you know, uh, ear to pavement, so to speak, when it comes to Disney Twitter and everything else like that. Um, are we the only ones thinking that like there's more negativity in the, the social space right now with with guests or at least like people like if not negativity, people are like, well, can I at least get this when I go to Disney? Right. Whether it's like, OK, I can at least go for six days instead of eight days or I can at least go to this hotel and not this hotel or at least I could go to this park for this like people. There's a lot of either negativity. There's at least a lot of settling right? Settling their expectations. Is that just us reading this or is it like it's growing? It seems to be growing week to week. Yeah, I I agree. I think um, there's definitely more people are taking notice maybe to, you know, the, the what's going on more people, especially like in the, if you're vacationing to uh, Walt Disney World, they're maybe looking at, well, look at Universal's doing this or this, you know, this place is doing this. Even looking at from Walt Disney World to Disneyland, Disneyland seems to be bringing back more than Disney World at this point. It's kind of like, uh, you know, it's why odd. why is Walt Disney World, who has been, you know, kind of less restrictive in terms of the reopening, you know, why are they, you know, being so slow when they're, you know, you, crowds don't seem to be, you know, low there, especially if you looked at Thanksgiving week, it was pretty crazy. So, I, you know, it's, yep. I think people are taking notice. So I mean, I broke Phil. I broke this down into three different categories okay. yep. in our show notes. And it's basically comes down to the cost, the magic, and the additions, right? So it's always about the money, no matter what it is. Disney's always been one of the most expensive uh, vacations that your fa- you can take your family on. It's usually the once in a lifetime type of thing that a lot of families do. Um, and even 
I was listening to one episode of the Lentessa's Disney Dish. Two is like their week, episode two weeks ago. Uh, they were pricing out some of the Disney Wish vacations, and they, you could have gone on like two different cruises for three times as long as a single like three day, three or four day or five day trip on a Disney cruise. Just to kind of give you an idea of like cost associated. Like just think, you go to spend six grand on a family of four for a week at Disney World. How many? awesome vacations can you take to like Yellowstone or the beach or to cabin? I mean, like it, it's a lot. So cost is always like the magic. The, that's the reason why we go, right? It's, it's mm-hmm. the magic. So like what's going on with the magic. And then I, we want to talk about like, how is Disney evolving? Cause you're not going to keep getting people coming back if you keep things the same. So the first person we're going to hang back with the cost, Ryan, you are typically a solo traveler. Um, you go down, uh, you're a young man without children, and I wish, I wish sometimes I was in your shoes. <laughs> I, I wish I was a Disney fan when I was your age, because I definitely would have taken a lot of solo trips and taken advantage of my quote-unquote freedom. I love my children and my wife. Don't get me wrong. Phil, don't. Uh, hopefully my <laughs> wife's not listening to this when I say this. We might have thing. to edit this episode a little. Huh? But you just got back from <laughs> D23 by yourself. You know what? You know what it feels like. You guys were hanging out, drinking around yeah. the world. We just talked about it for two weeks in a row. Um, so I get it. So my question to you, or like Phil and I talk about the the number crunching that we have to do for a full family vacation down there. Um, I'm about to hit my 60-day ADR window in two weeks. Phil, you just got back from your 50th, and you're talking about going back down in a couple months again. Yep. R- Ryan, what, what are you feeling on cost as a solo traveler that goes down for weekends a lot more often than Phil and I do? Um, how, how's the cost in you? Yeah. Um, well, I think this year I've gone more than I ever have before. I've been five times in 2021, um, which is more than I ever gone in the year before. Um, obviously I have an annual pass, so that kind of, you know, spreads out the cost through the whole year. I'm not buying, you know, individual tickets, which helps. Um, and, but I've also kind of, I'm not staying, but. I'm not buying my own hotel room every time I go either. Uh, like when I go for usually marathon weekend, I'm usually splitting hotel costs with a friend or you know multiple friends to kind of you know. So then I'm not I don't get the brunt of that full full price for a Disney hotel room. I've also stayed with friends at their house in Florida, you know that kind of thing. So that helps. So in the context of you know the penny pinching that Phil and I hear. You- you're not feeling it, right? Because you got the annual pass, which is, granted, it's not that much more expensive than it was in 2019. I think it might be like $20 more expensive or something something like that. The food itself, you're not you're not really eating too much on property. Even, even so, it's always been Disney prices. Um, yeah. So because you're splitting the cost or you're staying off property, you're really not feeling the lack of discounts or anything else like that. Yeah. Um, Phil, in your point of view... You could speak for me on this one because I think we speak together. Um, <laughs> when it comes to like the venting and the cost and having to start writing those checks, we don't write checks anymore, but paying those credit card bills <laughs> right online um, by bringing a family of five. I'm bringing yep. my five and then my parents and then my sisters come in and all this other stuff. Those non-discounts really kind of hurt sometimes. Like, how, how are you feeling that? Yeah, it's it, the cost is definitely getting it up there, um, and it's making us make more decisions. Like, 
you know, we stayed on property for the 50th, but when we go down in February, we're not staying on property. We're not mm-hmm. even sure if we're going to get park tickets. We might do other stuff. Um, all the extras are more, you know, the parties are more. Um, now there's Genie and Lightning Lane to, to worry about. That's extra cost. God. But meanwhile, we have like the DCI index, which is at 75% of the pre-pandemic levels. So, okay, now the costs are more, but we're at a three quarters of what the experience used to be. Now, that doesn't mean it's a terrible experience. It doesn't mean I'm, you know, like we're still going, right? But it does make it that much harder to commit to, yeah, like, am I going to get park tickets or not? Am I going to stay on property or not? Am I going to do, you know, you got to cut somewhere else. And it, it just makes it harder to like know you're going to get that bill later, right? When you're feeling like you're not getting the full experience. So, it's, so he, it, it makes it harder, yeah. Yeah, I mean like here, here I kind of broke it down in the next line in our notes. You got your 20-somethings that are going down. And that's that's you, Ryan. You're like you go down. If you don't go on certain rides, your your life's not over, right? You're, you can um, – you get the music and the surroundings and the atmosphere. You can – Still have a couple of drinks around the world and go on a couple of rides and kind of live. your 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 vacation's not really impacted because you're really not spending that much more money, right? Yeah. You've got your own memories. You're not trying to create memories from anybody else. You're not responsible for anybody else. That type of thing. Um, then you've got the thirty, forty somethings. If you're if you don't have children at that point, I think you've got a lot of money to burn. If you're typically, I think if you're going to Walt Disney World without kids and you're in your thirties or forties. You're probably do, probably doing pretty well for yourself at this point. You know, you probably have careers. You've got excess money to spend on yourselves for the experience. I would imagine. Phil, am I? Am I? Do I sound crazy on this? Well, one? I, think I think it's like there's different types of people everywhere, but certainly you, I would think income, you should have. You, I theoretically would have more disposable income. You're, if you're, you're not you're, I mean, disposing like, of it on your children. So yeah. Well, I mean, like <laughs> I, I feel like the people that are quote unquote on the lower end of the spectrum with uh, money that they're I don't want to say mortgaging their futures, but are saving to go to Disney World. More likely than not, you're going to be parents, right? That you're going down. You want to provide that experience for your children. So you'll sacrifice and save and do that type of thing. If you're 35 years old and you're married or you're going down with a friend or whatever your personal circumstance might be, if you're without kids, you're going down to Disney World, you probably more likely than not have disposable income to afford that a tri- that that trip. And obviously it's a lot cheaper too cuz you're not paying mm-hmm. for all those extra people. Um but I think I think the true cost comes down to the people with families. I think those are the only people that are impacted by all the nickel and diming, which leads me to like just the expensive of kill the magic, right? Um you know cuz that's going to go into our next topic is you know is the magic lost, right? It, what what what's lost like at what point cuz Ryan, you go down there to forget the real real world, right? You get down there for a vacation to kind of leave things be. And Phil, you and I, we know with high stress careers that we've got, I mean, we go down to forget about work for a while. Not to say you don't have a high stress job, Ryan, but you're a young man. You don't have the, the <laughs> years of built up stress that we do. Um, you, you go down to forget. Everybody goes down to forget, right? You're, you want to live a fantasy at that point. And at what point... Wait, like even even two years ago when it was super expensive, we went down for ten days. Like I still was still able to forget. I'm like I paid my money. I think that's worth it. I'm having a good time. When I'm going in February, I'm going to be constantly thinking about like this is like ten dollars cheap, more expensive. This soda is like three dollars more expensive. This I can't get Magical Express. I had to take a damn taxi, or I had to drive my car down here, or like it's all those fringe things. 
I mean, tapping my foot because there's only one tram <laughs> driver that day, not three. Like, I can't get because I, I drove today. Um, am I out, out of my mind, Phil? Or No, I think that's a good way of putting it because I don't think it kills the magic. Like I said, I've had a blast the, the two last times I went. The cast members are great. The attractions are still great. You know, as much as the, the holiday party was, it was wonderful hearing Christmas music on, on Main Street and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't think it kills the magic. It just it puts more pressure on the magic to deliver because you feel like you're good way paying it. more for, okay. for it. And like you said, you're, you're, you're noticing every little thing and then it's going to be like, well, maybe we'll only get, you know, Dole Whips once, not twice, because, you know, we got to save money for Genie or what, you know, whatever it is, you're kind of like thinking about the money aspect, I think more than, more than in the past. So it doesn't kill the magic. It just, you just think about more what the return for what you're spending is, I think. Ryan, if from, from your point of view of somebody who goes down and stays off property, you go, you, you've got it figured out, right? You've got your system. You don't have to necessarily stay on property to get get your fill, I guess, or have a successful trip or whatever, kind of whatever metric. Does the money ever creep into your mind as you're going through the parks at any, or is it still the same? Uh, yeah, I, I think I tend to, depending on if I am, I, it depends on the trip, I, I would say, but I think now too, you're, you're starting to see things that maybe were included uh, that are not now are now an extra cost, say like Genie or say like, you know, your transportation to your hotel because when I do stay on property, I typically would take Magical Express just to save that money. Um, but now, they, you know, with that gone, that's now an added cost that's going to be there every time versus maybe only sometimes. And with Genie, now, you know, instead of having Fast Pass included, if I want to say, you know, if I didn't get a lightning, you know, a, or a boarding group for Remy and I want to ride that, well, now I have to pay for that. Obviously, $9 for myself or whatever it is is better than $9 times five, but still. I mean, like. We'll be back after a quick break. Moving is right up there with death and divorce in the Stress Olympics. But fear not. Turn that box of woes into a crate of woes with moving tips in the Life Beyond Boxes podcast with Premium Q Moving. Dive into the world of hassle-free moves, learn tips and tricks to save on cash and your sanity. Say goodbye to those moving meltdowns and hello to the smooth sailings. Or should we say smooth movings? Tune into Life Beyond Boxes with Premium Q Moving on lifebeyondboxes.com or find us on your favorite podcast platform. And with us, unpack the secrets to a stress-free move. I mean, I don't know how to, I don't I don't know how to say because I've only been once since the pandemic started, right? I've had two canceled trips and I've had a uh, whirlwind weekend trip. And my whirlwind weekend trip, I had zero expectations for my trip because it was drive down, have two days at the park, come back, right? All we wanted to do was go to the parks, ride some rides, experience the parks, and that was it. It wasn't a vaca- it was a vacation, but it wasn't a vacation, right? It was like I knew I have work on Monday, so we got to get this going. Um, and I didn't feel the impact of the, the, the call. I mean, other than my credit card with $200, $500 a day going into the parks, which is, I mean, it was the same two years ago. So, well, that's not a big deal. Um, but like, I, I'm, I'm interested in my vacation that's coming up. That's a, it's, this is the planned vacation for March of 2020, delayed again to 2022, two years, in, two years uh, from its origin. And I'm worried that when I'm going all in on the Disney vacation, it's like it's the hotels, it's the transportation, it's like Disney, it's the magic. And um, the question is, do they need more cast members? Because I, I, I don't, I don't remember there being a lack of cast members when I was there. 
Uh, do they need more entertainment? Is something missing? Because I know when I was there, I wasn't able to bring my youngest daughter to see the princesses. That was a rite of passage for our family. Mm-hmm. That's definitely missing. I didn't get to see cavalcade. I saw one cavalcade the whole time I was in the Magic Kingdom. And it, it was a good one, but they need more of them. I just, I, I mean, to me, I, I'm afraid that the magic is not going to be there. Or the magic that I'm paying my money for is not going to be there. There's going to be, obviously, magic, right? It's not, it's, Disney's not dead by any means. It's far from it. But there's a huge difference between 100% magic that I got in 2019 and maybe 85, what is the DC, 75% magic or whatever the number you want to put it at, right? What's that, what's that cost? Is that going to make me so angry that I'm going to lead to what's next with the Disney additions to the park? Am I just going to go to Universal for half the time next time? Am I going to do? Am I going to be a fill and <laughs> stay two days at Universal, or am I going to get pumped for Epic Universe? I don't know. What what what, what do you think about like A is yeah. the magic lost, and B what does Disney are they are they trying hard enough to capture? our money in the next 18 months? So I think those are two very different questions. I don't think the magic is lost. I think it's still a special place. You know, when you see that castle or, you know, last time I went and I got to do that Epcot day, I just sat down in the the entrance plaza and watched the lights. I mean, you can't do that anywhere else or it just doesn't have that same feeling. So the magic is definitely still there, but they are missing things. I mean, whether it's, I mean, I don't think they have enough cast members because like not, 100% 100% dining isn't open. You know, they, they're not open the same amount of hours. They don't, you know, they don't have the same amount of bus drivers or tram drivers or, you know, obviously we don't have the international program back and stuff. So, yeah, um, yeah there's definitely things missing. I think the meet and greets is a huge thing. I know they brought back the sightings, but it's just not the same, as you say, as like when your kids meet, you know, the princesses and Mickey and stuff like that. So there definitely is still stuff missing. And when there's stuff missing and they add in extra costs like Genie and stuff, and it works out for some people, but for other people, it feels like it's worse than fast pass and, and now they're paying for it. It does can feel a bit like a money grab and you're saying, what, you know, what am I really paying for here? So I think, and I think part of it is also the timing. Like you said, your trip's two years delayed. Yep. Like I, I, I'm not trying to minimize the pandemic. It's a lot, but a lot of other theme parks seem closer to hundred percent back than Disney does at this point. And that makes it feel like they're not doing everything they could, but they're charging everything they can. So it gets a little, a little depressing. Ryan, I guess. From Ryan, let me ask you this: Is Disney trying hard enough, or do you think they should be trying harder to earn our dollars? Um, I think they're trying much as need because we're just seeing the do- you know they're they they don't need to try harder for the dollars right yes. now. Um, I think they could try harder. Like I said, they don't they don't need to, so they're not going to. Well, let me ask you this: Is that is that better? They don't need to now for the short term, but is that going to impact their medium to long term? Is that going to impact their uh, twenty late 2022, 20, in tw- early twenty three numbers? I I think so. Um, I think you're still you still have that bounce back where people are still you know like you you're taking those postponed vacations and having them. Um, I'm seeing that myself with you know travel clients and stuff, but I think you it it's it's good for it looks good for them for the short term but i think in the long term when they you know say well we you know we're, we don't need to bring all these things back or you know we can do limited more limited things you know so it's okay but then you know down the line when they're still doing those limited things you know is that going to be enough 
Well, here, here here's the the first question I have, and um, there's an amazing Star Wars channel on YouTube that gets we would never be able to enough views on our podcast YouTube channel for five <laughs> years that he gets on a single episode. It's Star Wars Explained. I mean, he, this is a gentleman that's been doing this for years. He gets he's got I don't know how many million followers and how many hundreds of thousands of views per video. So this is a a massive influencer, right? Um, and if you don't know him, I. That could be a DBC recommends for one of our Star Wars shows down the line. That being said, he put out a video where he watched the trailer Disney released on the Star Wars Galactic Cruiser, right? The whole experience. And his big takeaway was it looked like a Star Wars knockoff. It was like somebody that was trying to look like Star Wars and not be Star Wars. And not to not not to knock that experience because I I well. I, I definitely don't think it's worth five thousand, six thousand dollars for the whole trip, type of thing. Um, but that that leads me to you, you've got the Star Wars experience, which is getting panned by real Star Wars fans, which is, which is what screwed up Star Wars Galaxy's Edge because all they were expecting Star Wars fans throughout the world to flock to it, and that didn't happen. Granted, the pandemic happened shortly afterwards, and the ride wasn't rides weren't open. Um, but you've got the delay on Tron, you've got the delay on Guardians in Epcot. Um, you've got all these people that are questioning the um, direction of Disney Imagineering. Now, Ryan, am I reading too much into a lot of this stuff, or is this kind of starting to become a trend when it comes from just like failed designs, I guess? Well, I don't know if it's failed designs. I think it's I the mean, leader. Yes, okay. It's it's the leadership that that's there. It's how they want things to be right now. It's not it's not that Imagineering or you know their construction companies that they hire can't get these things done faster. It's that Disney doesn't want to to say. Oh, I'm not blaming the construction workers. They could get construction workers to put up a simple roller coaster in less than six years, or however long Tron's been going on. I'm being exaggerating. But I'm like, just the direction of things. Like, I'm just putting a Disney envelope on things, right? Yes, I I, I went after Disney Imagineering because the designs of the Star Cruiser do not look like a Star Wars thing. It looks like a Chuck E. Cheese room in some, something out of the late 80s, mid-90s. Mid I mean, it doesn't look Star Warsy to me. Um, but that's my point. Like, regardless of, like, it's it's a lot of different elements, right? It's it's You got the delays just because of how the... Um, put the money on the books, right, for all this construction. Or they're like, oh, we need something new to release in March. Or we need something new to release in November next year. So let's delay these things artificially, just like they did with Ratatouille. So I guess there's two questions. Um, do you think Walt Disney World, just for additions in general, adding new things to the park, are they doing enough? And do they have enough on the books, Ryan, to satisfy both – Normal view uh, travelers and folks like us. I think yes to normal travelers um, because okay. they're you know they're not going as frequently as we are. Pay attention to these things as frequently as we do. So to them, you know, any new addition is going to be like, wow, look, we can go on this you know new thing that just opened, whatever, and that's great to them. Now for us, I don't know if there is necessarily enough. Obviously. You have the pandemic kind of pushed everything back, which you know to some extent is fine and you know understandable. But it's like you know you keep pushing things and keep pushing things. I would say Tron is probably the biggest example. Like we've mentioned, I mean Guardians, we finally kind of have an opening season, but Tron, it's like 
is this thing ever going to open? Yeah. Well, I mean, Phil, to push back on that then, okay, so we have a lot of delays and a lot of things that Disney's not at. I mean, like, once Tron and Guardians is up, there's nothing to look forward to in the parks, right? Um, your baby Epcot is eventually going to get some cement laid down. You can walk straight down <laughs> the damn thing. But um, my question is, has Walt Disney's um, Imagineering lost a step, lost a touch when it comes to design? I things? certainly think that's, that's a concern, and that is something else that people were talking about this week as um, you know, we know that they were moving you know, Imagineering and some other areas to Lake Nona in Florida, and a lot of people were leaving. You know, We talked in the past about Kevin Lively not making the move and other people. Well, it also came out now that their head of, of Imagineering, Bob Weiss, is going to step down. Um, partly because he didn't want to move. He's taking a new job as a consultant that will let him stay out in, or not a consultant, but his new position with, with for the projects that he's going to work on lets him stay out in California. Um, and then it being replaced by Barbara Buza, who I don't know much about her, but she's been with the company for less than two years and is now heading up Imagineering. Now, maybe that's good because get some outside. You know what? Change is a good thing, man. Maybe. Change could be good. Um, maybe she's really good at managing and will let all the creative people be creative. I don't know. But it certainly is a potential, you know, potentially could be a sign of cause of concern when you're losing a lot of this, this, you know, corporate knowledge. What um, has, but here, here, let me, let me put it this way. What has Imagineering done in the parks that has wowed you? The only thing that's wowed me is Mickey and Minnie's Runway Railway. I still hate saying that name. I blame that. Um, that. I mean, I still think Rise of the Resistance wows me when I do it. Um, Right, me. but like, still, it, it's it's broken down half the time. I'm playing Devil's Advocate, by the yeah, way. Yeah. It is an amazing ride. Um, but the the amazing part of it is the ride vehicle and the technology behind it. And as somebody that deals with sensors and automation, I know there's a lot that goes on with that that makes it incredibly difficult. But the show itself is nothing amazing to it, right? It's there, there's a lot of conventional. Well, it's, it's all the Effects. inner workings of it. It's, it's oh, yeah. going inside I, and outside. Again, it's using the, the cast members as performers. And stuff, right? oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm being a jackass on purpose. Right? <laughs> but I mean, I think that's an example of, of what they can do, right? And maybe yes. it doesn't work all the time, but it's it's them pushing the envelope of what they but can do. But why can't I they think, do more with less, too? Right? Well, we've been saying that for, for years. It shouldn't take even $5 billion to take a ride. <laughs> it shouldn't take three years to build a clone attraction like Tron. Yes. Right. I mean, I get guardians taking a while. It's new, whatever, but I mean, there already is a Tron. They know how to build it and it shouldn't take I, three years. Like, I give, alone I five, give right? them, like, I, I give them all the, all the time in the world for guardians only because they had to film actors and actors weren't allowed to be in a place to do their lines. And it's a ride. I mean, they had to build a new show building, gut another one. It's new I don't technology. care about that. The constru- if, if the construction of the building, was was holding up i'd be hounding on them but like yeah. the ride has a lot of screens and a lot of effects that they need the actors yeah. with makeup and in play and that i you know what i get that i get that they're they're filming the the next guardians movie they needed them all in makeup and all this other stuff i i get all that and i will give them all the leniency on that but it's things like tron it's it's things like uh galactic star Cruiser. i could be completely wrong but it doesn't it, it doesn't look great just look like six thousand dollars worth. Of no, Ryan. Why? Why? What did like... say? Ryan wants to say something. Ryan, okay. go ahead. Well, Sorry. Sorry. It may. Go. You know, it may not look like great to us, but it's sure looking like a great to a lot of people because it's sold out through June right now. <laughs> well, it's only it's sold out for the first four months. That's fine because people. There's a lot of people that will throw money at Disney blindly. Let's put it that way, right? Is it going to be sold out? 
through the next two years, though? Because they need that because it's a boutique thing, right? It's a boutique experience. And I think that's what kind of benefits Disney in this way is they, they did this small intentionally because they, A, want, of course, want it to sell out. But, you know, if it if it doesn't necessarily work, work, you're not on this grand scale where you, then you can kind of change things as you go. Um, I mean, I think they kind of dug themselves a hole with Galaxy's Edge as, you know, to begin with, with, you know, not necessarily going from the films. So now you have this new hotel experience, which is unlike anything they've done before in terms of kind of putting your stay in the, in the, in the world. Um, and so kind of, they, and of course they had to connect it to Galaxy's Edge. So they're not, again, they're not going to go from the movies. They're going to create their own story like they did. I'm just really interested in the future of that hotel because I would love for it to succeed because I don't think it's going to be a good Star Wars experience. But I would love to see, just for the sake of, because I've got two daughters, I would love to see a, a stay at Bell's Castle or at Arendelle for a weekend. That would, so I think you do more with that than Star Wars because Star Wars is like a lot of well, I think that's why this, fans out there. And I don't know if you were talking about the same video I saw. I saw one from Star Wars Theory, but that's what he's saying. This doesn't look like Star Wars. It's fancy. It's nice. It's not yeah. gritty. You know, you, you we like Star Wars because we rooted for the Rebellion. They didn't have, like, all this stuff. So it doesn't feel like Star Wars. It feels like a random space thing. Yep. Um, looked and like, that's when, it looked like a clean Battlestar Galactica. I don't know why it did, but the colors and the look of it. Yeah, I was thinking more even Star Trek or something like that, but... um. Sure. But uh, yeah, I think that's the worry is, is do, do do they get it when they're trying to capture these IPs or is it just what can we do that that looks fancy that we can charge a lot of money for? And I think that's that what, that's what worries people. And that's and if they, if it's that, yeah, you'll get a lot of people wanting to check it out because it seems cool and stuff, but you're not going to get repeat no. you know, visitors. So here's a problem I run into all the time. I make fun of Matt because he had a two-hour podcast, and we're just hitting the one-hour mark. And we've got one more topic to go through. And I think this will be quick because we've covered a lot of this stuff already. Yeah. And, Ryan, I'm going to ask this to you. I'm going to throw it off to you. Um, what, does, what, what can Disney do to kind of bend the arc on this kind of negative narrative that's going out there, right? Because I, I think there's two narratives going on. It's I, I, I can't wait to go back to Disney World. I still love Disney. It still kind of gets me out of the world of the pandemic. It makes me forget all that stuff. But I still have to pay my bills. I still not get what I got last time. And there's this like duality going on, right? You want to love Disney. You do kind of still love Disney, but you're still getting a little bitter about the experience. So what can what does Disney do to change that kind of narrative? Well, I think one of the big things they can do right away is just bring back, you know, what was there before. Obviously, meet and greets and those kind of personal, like, you know, bippity boppity boutique and stuff, those might be hard yet because not everywhere around the world is even bringing around, you know, those experiences back. But just like from a parade point of view, if you're if you're cutting things out of the parade, well, that's not the same value you were getting before. So at least giving the people, you know, what they were getting before in terms of those experiences, mm-hmm. I think you, you need to, at the very least, do those types of things. Now, now Phil, like this, this was your, I mean, I, you wrote yeah. this topic <laughs> and I, I, I agree with it. It's a good one. Um, I'm going to give you my take and then okay. I'm going to let you run, run with it for the end. Um, in order to change the, the narrative, 
Disney's the whole Disney narrative because somebody that does sales and marketing and stuff like that, um, you need to change the storyline. The storyline right now is Disney's charging too much for everything. They're charging more, taking less. So what mm-hmm. do they need to do? They need to start offering some things. I think me call them free, call them whatever you want. I I don't, I don't really care. They need to come back with hotel discounts. They need to come back with ticket discounts. They need to come back with I, I don't know. You can you can mix it up so that it's really not a cost differential because you charge them more somewhere else or whatever is a trick involved. But you need you need to feel like when you go to Disney, it's so expensive, but I'm getting something, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it comes down to those discounts. So, like, what 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 in your mind? Um, does, what does Disney have to do to change the storyline? I think it, it kind of ties to that, although maybe maybe the other way. In that, I mm-hmm. I don't think we people mind spending a lot of money for Disney if they feel like they're getting a lot for that money. And okay. so, I think they need to focus on additions not subtractions when ryan was talking about taking away from the from the parade no you should be adding to it and maybe adding another parade you know the 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 things they have announced as additions or replacements have gone over really well you know that new cavalcade i think got Mm -hmm. really good response you know when they said they were changing out a scene in phantasmic that even though that's cutting a scene but it's replacing it with something that got a positive response you know the retooling uh, the the Nemo show that got a good response. So I think it's not like you need to go and make a new e-ticket attraction. It's just no. give us some new things. Give us some things where we're we're feeling like we're getting some some bang for our buck. I mean, I know it's a, it's a small thing, but they said the the cookie stroll over at the um, festival of the holidays. Your prize, you got like a a, a take home mug full with moose and a cookie and something. You know, it felt people were like, wow, this is I'm getting something for putting in the money and effort at Disney. And mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what the what the long or the short term is, but I, I think Genie's not going over well. I think they need to figure out a way that people get more value out of that. Um, but I think it's just it's those small additions. It's not it's not the e-ticket things. It's just giving us a little bit of extra for all the money we're spending, not taking things away. I, I mean, so I'll give you some more specifics. I think that's what's the more interesting discussion out of those things. I, I like the idea of giving away free mugs right so they need to start having you know come to magic kingdom this day this week this weekend whatever whatever time frame get a free magnet right you, you hand out magnets to the people leaving the parks that day i mean like how how cheap can magnets be to hand out to fifty thousand people every day right i mean that's two dollars per guest like if, I, if you're raising the parties on tickets for ten dollars like you can do that um, you need to, like I mentioned before, I, you, you started speaking. Like, they definitely need to hand out some more discounts. Whether it's like buy six tickets, get one free. Whether like on the extreme end, right? Like mm-hmm. it's you know not that everybody's buying a pack of four or a pack of a lot of people are buying packs of two to four, right? That's sort of the average stay. Ryan, right? Is there most people five day stays? At Disney still the thing? The average? Yeah, five to seven. Yeah, to about a week. Yeah. So I mean I think I think you know you need to start offering an extra ticket for free. And you think you need to be starting offering like if you stay 5 days get half price party tickets. And not that they're having any trouble selling those out so maybe they probably won't do that but like um I don't like the half hour early entry type of stuff doesn't really jive. I mean and people that even Disney veterans people that go to Disney like maybe four times in their lifetime still know about like 
when's the best time to go because we're going to get a discount, right? Even if they went on full price the first time, they're going to find out that, yeah, you know what? The second time I'm going, there was a discount. Like that was like two months later that I could have gone and saved $30 a night or something else like that. They need to start reintroducing a lot of that stuff. Um, and you I, know what? I think I, one, one small thing yeah. they could do, and we talked about this for the 50th, was what are they doing for the 50th that's like super special? And we kept going Nothing. back to when they were doing the year of a million dreams. I mean, that they gave out small things, but they were kind of surprises, and it was something extra. I mean, we went there. It was, I don't know, 15 years ago. I still have, you know, over my shoulder the ears I got as a gift and when I was riding Star Tours. I totally remember when we got it. I mean, how many decades ago? It wasn't even 15 years ago. I was a kid. I'm old now. Um, so, it, But, like, do stuff like that. Like, give little surprises out. Like, like that's a way to reinvigorate the magic, too. And it wouldn't really cost them that much money. I mean, that's something they could do to that. that would, they could do that tomorrow. Start that tomorrow. Right? I mean, if I was in charge of the parks and I mean, being in market, I know how cheap like pens and like keychains and all those little random things that you throw away because somebody throws them in your car, like, you know, puts them on your, your windshield. Like even like just paper things, that type of stuff. Why isn't like you have, what is it? 18 months for the 50th celebration. I don't know how many, whatever amount of days it is, um, 555 days, whatever, whatever the number is. Why don't you create 555 unique items and make a million of them and just hand them out every single day? So every single day there was a unique thing. I'm pretty sure the might of the Disney company could have done something like that, even if it's like a different color keychain for the month of November. Well, right? I mean, like... Yeah. When I was there in November, I was I went to the Magic Kingdom on Mickey's birthday, and couldn't they they didn't even have Mickey Mouse buttons, which they've done for years in the past. But they did have them at Disney Springs. So if you did want a button, you had to go all the way to Disney Springs. But they didn't have you where you could actually meet Mickey Mouse at the Magic Kingdom. Excuse me, Ryan. I I, I know you can't read our show notes, but Phil said explicitly that we need to keep this segment positive. <laughs> <laughs> but but I mean that's something that they could no, have, but right? yes. Yes, like celebrate Mickey, Magic Kingdom. like all November. Mickey it's Mickey's birthday month. You, everybody gets a, a birthday cake with something, you know, like, I don't know. It's just a small Who's, thing, but even just like the ability running you know, this company. Yeah. To give out some more bonuses, you know, let people mm. give out free Dole Whips, you know, like not to everybody, but like you see somebody make a special moment, you know, those kind of pixie dust moments, like just ramp them up a bunch. It won't cost oh, yeah, you that I mean, much. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, you know what? The, we don't need to ramp up the pixie dust moments because I think they need to be rare and sparingly because they can't be like, you can't have guests coming into, I expect a pixie dust moment because they happen so often, right? You don't have to do that. But like you hand, you could go into any of the shops and get like their typical, I'm celebrating my or happy birthday pin, right? They can make a bunch of them with different stuff on them, right? I mean, like Disney buys a ton of them. They're pennies on the dollar to buy these things. I've bought them by the thousands for different events in my career. And, and I had nowhere close to the buying power of, of Walt Disney world. I mean, you can, I mean, it doesn't take much to make somebody happy leaving. Disney exactly. World. You can hand them a five cent pin says I was here with the date imprinted on it and like whatever, right. The week or the month, like, all right, we're, get, we're getting, we're getting away. Um, I, I think, and also this this is more of a long term thing. Um, I think Disney really needs to ramp up 
their D23 event next year about the future of the parks. It can't be some BS stuff and like, oh, churros, yay, and like trams the week after. I really think that they need to be planning. I mean, they've got a year now or a little less than a year, like to discuss the future of the parks. Yeah. I mean, what's coming after Guardians? What's coming after you put some cement down in Epcot? Yeah, you can't mention Tron. You can't mention Guardians. You can't. You have to like. You have to completely say what's the revamped vision of Epcot and what's coming. We know we promised you all this from what was it? Twenty eighteen was was it? Or was it twenty nineteen? Twenty nineteen. Yeah, like you have to go. You have to reconfigure Epcot for that, and they say, in five years we are doing this to Animal Kingdom. It can't be like what we're putting in, um, whatchamacallit, in, in, in Dino Land. Oh, for um, Primeval World. Primeval World, yes. Like, we can't be like, we're announcing a new ride. It's this small thing that goes over Primeval World. Ryan, what do you want to see in place of Primeval World? Since this is like, we see above your head Animal Kingdom. <laughs> and well, from previous previous shows, it's it's your baby. What do you want there? It, it's not a big footprint, so you can't do, I guess, a, a whole lot unless you do take out basically the whole Dino Land area, um, which we so can do. We're good with that. What I, I would, and I'm not opposed to it either, as long as it's not, say, Zootopia or something. Zootopia but, DMV uh, ride, yes, <laughs> excellent, good idea, Ryan. But I'm I, I think you, I think overall, you could take out that whole area and do something substantial. Uh, do Do you want? Can we add something to Dino Land that stays within theme that would make you happy, or are we we just we just whitewashing that whole thing? I think you can do something dinos, you know, within a sore umbrella. Um, I don't think that's very hard. So, well, in your opinion, right? Do we do we announce that in the next six months, or do we wait for the big event to announce something that's going there? Well, let me that's, let me rephrase it. Is when they announce what they're going to put there, is that another tram moment, or is that something that we're excited to to? to hear well i think it depends on what they're doing if they're if that's they true. were to do a whole land you know kind of revamp well, that's they're not doing you that save for it i mean that would be something you save for d23 but now if you're just doing a small addition that's something you just maybe post on the parks blog or something okay and... all right phil we are completely out of time <laughs> completely we're at we're at over way over an hour um, Ryan, um, thanks for coming on. We wanted you on a couple weeks ago, but our our schedule is conflicted. Um, I, I think, Phil, we started off by having guests every single week or every other week. I think we have to get back to that. So, Ryan, we expect you back on soon. <laughs> but our DVC recommends for this week is the uh, Crescent Lake Club and all their content. So what what is the Crescent Lake Club, Ryan, and what would you like to promote based on that? Well, Crescent Lake Cub is a few things. Uh, first off, I would say we're a travel agency. We our goal is to sell travel and get you know help you and the you know the guest and the consumer get to where they want to be. And um, obviously, tend to focus more towards the theme park travel. Disney, Universal, and cruising is a big part of us too. Um, but outside of that, we do have a YouTube and all the social channels. Um, Crescent Lake Club on all of those things. Um, you Give us the main website, right? Uh, com is our main yes. website. Um, and then with our YouTube content, you can we do a few different things there, whether it's we've, we've had shows, we do uh, room reviews, all sorts of different things like that. 
And if you follow Ryan on Twitter or if you hop on the community content section on Discord, Ryan puts out some awesome uh, blog posts going over lots of similar topics that we talked about on this show. So you get, you can, if you're missing Ryan from this show, you can always <laughs> go to that crescentlakeclub.com and find his take on a lot, of, a lot of different things. Or hop on Discord and yell at him when you disagree because that would be very entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you do it publicly, not privately, please, for the entertainment of everybody else. Um, with that being said... So I think we I think we could wrap up the show. What do you think? I think so. Sounds good. Yes, it's time. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, been, oh. it's been a long weekend. <laughs> you, you, like, are, have you successfully vented? Are, are you? Are you? I, I feel are, I feel good. I mean, I think we yeah we 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 spun around it more positively. I mean, I'm yes. I'm, until they tell us that it'll actually take until 2023 for the trams, then I'll. Oh again, my but. goodness! Yes, well, <laughs> but that's no, another I'm story. I, I appreciate it. Thanks to all our our listeners for being a bit of a therapy session for us yes absolutely guys thank you for listening we'll catch you next week and and phil i don't think we we've to have like hawkeye is basically half over yeah. it's kind of like like we should do a hawkeye show and then like it's like half over and then we're doing our first live show again so um maybe we'll do once it's over we'll do a yeah maybe show. just do one special episode for the whole thing that's i good. don't think it's worth it to do individual episodes on this show but that's Hello. that's <laughs> hot take hot take for someone else <laughs> Uh, thank you guys for listening and we'll catch you next week. Take care, everybody. Take care, everyone. Thanks.